What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One hundred four point five, ninety-six point five, and five eighty WCHS. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of 580 WCHS or West Virginia Radio Corporation. From the studios of West Virginia Radio Corporation, the country, the United States of America, the state, West Virginia, the city, Charleston, this is 580 Live. And your host of 580 Live. What we've got here is... He's kind of a big deal. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Dave Allen. Hey, it's Tuesday morning, too. It's 580 Live at the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. 580 Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group, where the road to total savings starts with Thornhill Auto, thornhillautomotive.com. 304-345-5858, text 304-935-5008. Coming to you from the Trevelyan's Pharmacy Studio in downtown Charleston, the atrium Anthony Harbin serving as our producer. Of course, the uh, big story on uh, everyone's uh, mind, and as it has been for the last, uh, uh, I guess, week ago uh, today, is the uh, death of uh, police officer Cassie Johnson, her funeral is uh, being held today and uh, already the uh, the um, things are beginning as I pulled into uh, town I guess around 7 15 7 30 or so this morning there were already uh, people getting into place for that and we're going to run down all of that information uh, for you about her funeral coming up uh, a little bit later on also Jason Huffman from uh, the organization Americans for Prosperity is going to join us uh, and uh, uh, kind of get uh, Jason and his organization's idea of what to expect from the upcoming legislative session but uh, we'll always have time for your phone calls and texts at 304-345-5858 text 304-935-5008. want to uh, welcome into the show uh, this morning the mayor of the fine city, home of the Red Dragons, St. Albans, uh, Mayor Scott James, St. Albans Mayor. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm wonderful. Dave, uh, how are you? I'm doing fine. Great to uh, talk to you. And first of all, at the top, uh, on behalf of all of us here at the station, we want to uh, wish you and your family our heartfelt, uh, heartfelt condolences uh, on the loss uh, uh, of your mother. I was reading some of the things that you had posted on social media, and it sounds like it was definitely a life well lived, sir. It, it really was. I appreciate the condolences and the thoughts and prayers from everyone. And, uh, you know, mother battled uh, uh, dementia. Uh, and she's been blind uh, the last several years. So uh, she's at peace now. Uh, it's a sad moment for our family, but uh, we know she's walking the streets of gold, man, and she's seeing again. Absolutely, absolutely. And God bless you, you and your family, and uh, as you go through this difficult time, the time thereafter. Of course, uh, the whole city uh, and the entire state, as I mentioned, top of the show, Mayor, is continuing to mourn the loss of Officer Cassie Johnson here in Charleston. Um, there was a special presentation that was held as part of your Festival of Lights. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, earlier or later last week, uh, Park Superintendent Kevin Pennington came up with the idea of designing a, uh, a ribbon and a badge with 146 on it. And uh, he got up there, and our guys are tremendous at developing these displays. Uh, they put it together in one day, and it's up, and uh, uh, it's awesome. The feedback we've gotten from from everyone is is fantastic but at the end of the festival lights we are going to present this to the family so they continue can continue this display uh on their property uh so cassie will never be forgotten that is awesome uh how did that whole idea come about i mean did somebody just say you know this is something we need to do or is it like everything else with uh with the death of officer johnson it just it's like divine intervention everybody says we have to do this how, how did that work out 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Kevin came up with the idea, uh, and uh, the guys went with it. But like I said, based on uh, just the outpouring of support and love and thoughts and prayers for uh, Cassie and her family and the Charleston PD, uh, uh, it got done, and, and that's what's important. Absolutely. Uh, now, as a mayor, you're obviously someone who has worked uh, and does work daily uh, closely with police officers and, and first responders. And um, it really is a very unique camaraderie among our first responders of all types, police and fire and ambulance. And you see that firsthand on a daily basis, Mayor. Uh, every day you see it. Uh, they're there for each other, uh, not only uh, locally at each uh, municipality, but uh, again, when that occurred, you had police from Putnam County, from St. Albans, from Nitro, from Dunbar, from South Charleston, all pouring in to help and see what they could do to help the situation. It's a brotherhood and a sisterhood that's unmatched by none. You're absolutely right. We're going to see that. Uh, we've already started to see it in Charleston. That's why they started closing uh, down the streets at 6 this morning. And, you know, there's first responders of all types coming from uh, from literally all over all over the state, possibly other states as well. I do know that uh, um, there are several uh, police organizations in other states that uh, um, have uh, have done dedications on social media and, and so on and so forth. I want to shift away from that, Mayor. I'm going to talk about Christmas in St. Albans. Uh, now, obviously, this Christmas uh, in the year of the pandemic uh, 2020 is uh, nothing like we have ever experienced before but uh, you folks in St. Albans your business community your governmental leaders just like everybody else you're having to pivot a little bit mayor tell us about it well you know uh, this COVID-19 is real okay and it's been a very frustrating and troubling year for a lot of people and they needed something they need something at this time of the year you know it's the holiest of seasons and uh, we decided to move forward with, uh, uh, obviously, the Festival of Lights, but, you know, everybody's in their car, so that's that's easy to deal with. But with the parade, uh, which we had a fantastic turnout, Patty Swango put together the parade. It was huge. Uh, we had great crowds. But as you traveled down uh, 6th Avenue during the parade, you saw families together, but then you saw the next family socially distanced from the next. The majority of people were wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, Dave, if you, everybody says follow the sign. Well, the sign says that it is at least 60% harder to catch outside than it is inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing at the tree lighting. People were wearing their masks. Uh, they were socially distancing. We put Santa Claus behind glass, and the kids could stand in front of him and get their pictures taken. You know, we didn't throw candy during the parade. So there were some precautions taken above and beyond the masks and social distancing. Absolutely. Let's talk about the businesses in St. Albans. You know, um, the, uh, most uh, businesses in smaller towns, and St. Albans is a smaller town, of course, they, they they really look forward to the Christmas season. And I know somebody who spent a lot of time in St. Albans, you've got some uh, unique uh, shopping opportunities uh, downtown. We just, we've been urging on this show, um, you know, for people to try to, to try to shop those smaller businesses and, and, you know, stay away from the Amazons and so on and so forth. And let's try to support these small businesses. And you certainly have a lot of them there in your town, sir. Oh, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. We've got some, you know, <clears throat> if people come to St. Albans, they can get unique shopping and have a unique dining experience. We've got a lot of non-chain restaurants that are fantastic. You could grab some dinner. But then, you know, we've got... Businesses like Colonial Interiors, uh, Blossom Lane Boutique, uh, Brandy's Emporium. Uh, I could go on and on, and these are not chaining. They've got unique items in each and every uh, uh, store that will offer great gifts at this time of the year. And like I said, restaurant-wise, you've got Angela's on the River and the historical Chilton House. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, uh, Shucker's Seafood Restaurant. You've got the cafe. One of my favorite places in the world, by the way, the cafe. <laughs> oh, they got the best wings around. There's no if, and, or but about it. Absolutely. And uh, even Dwight's. Dwight's is unique dining. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a great experience to come to St. Albans and, and enjoy the, like I said, unique shopping and dining that we do offer. 
Absolutely, and we want to encourage again people to to do that. And uh, and even if you're not from St. Albans, if you want to make this, it's not far off the interstate, man. So just to go over there and uh, and check out some of those businesses, and and you folks do a great job. Let's talk before we let you go. Let's talk about your festival of lights uh, you, that got started. Uh, when did when did that actually get started? It's uh, uh, the first night this year. Was it's always the uh, night after Thanksgiving. Okay. Now we have a walk through the Tuesday before. And it was very well attended. But, Dave, it is unbelievable. We expected this this year because people need something. They need to get out. Uh, uh, we are setting records. Uh, it is unbelievable the number of people that are coming through. We've had people from uh, Ohio, from Kentucky, from North Carolina, as far away as Arkansas come through the lights. And uh, uh, the feedback we're getting is fantastic. This is the 32nd year of the lights. And it just keeps getting bigger and better. And I want to take my hat off to the workers up there at the Parks and Rec. You know, when they make these displays, Dave, they draw the design on the floor. Then they take the steel rods and they bend it around and shape it to the design. And then they put the lights on. Uh, These guys are talented. Absolutely. And for those that may not know, Mayor, where exactly physically is the Festival of Lights? Where is it? Festival Lights is in City Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's off Canal Terrace. You turn on Vine Street or Observatory and uh, uh, just follow the line because uh, the lines are extremely big right now. And what I recommend for people, especially on Fridays and Saturday nights, last Saturday we set a record, Dave. Yeah. The previous record was about 1,200 cars. We had over 1,300 cars Saturday night. Stayed open an extra hour and 15 minutes to get everybody through. Uh, get there early, uh, and uh, uh, so and for the people of St. Albans, it does cause some traffic issues on Canal Terrace. Travel the back roads. Yeah, it's only a once a year thing, man. Um, and, and and you guys just do a great job. And I know those the events like that they would not be possible without the volunteers. So we want to give a a big shout out to them as well. Mayor, as always, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. We wish you the best again. Our condolences to you and your family on the loss of your mother. We'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers uh, over over the next uh, month or so during this Christmas season. Uh, get back with us again anytime you want to update us what's going on in St. Albans. I appreciate it. Sounds great. Thank you, Dave, for. Uh... All the thoughts and prayers, and uh, Merry Christmas, and God bless each and every one of you. All right. Thank you very much. Scott James, the mayor of St. Albans, 921. Take a break. When we come back, Jason Huffman, from the state director for Americans for Prosperity, is here. Plus your phone calls and texts to 304-345-5858, text 304-935-5008. From the Trevelyan's Pharmacy Studio, this is 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group on the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Stronger together. Thornhill Auto Group has been community strong for 22-plus years. As we grow, we continue to put our customers and our communities first, providing you the best in automotive services, offering new Buick, Chevy, GMC, Ford, Lincoln, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and more to come. All available to you at thornhillautomotive.com. Traveling east, traveling west, Thornhill will serve you best. Shop Thornhill Auto Group today, U.S. 119 in Chapmanville and Logan WB and Belfry, Kentucky. The road to total savings starts with Thornhill. Thank you and God bless America. It's the way Charleston says good morning. First Watch on Summer Street. First Watch takes the freshest ingredients, spices, and herbs, creates a unique menu, and serves it with a smile. Like their new red medicine juice with pomegranate, cranberry, black tea, local honey, and cinnamon. Their pork carnitas burrito with cage-free eggs, seasoned potatoes, black beans, cheddar, and jack cheese. Or cinnamon chip pancake breakfast with bacon, all-natural chicken, or turkey sausage. First watch on Summer Street. Be joyful and fill up on happiness. Who is CEC? Civil and Environmental Consultants is West Virginia's fastest-growing engineering firm over the past five years. Our growth reflects the confidence of clients in the manufacturing, mining, natural gas, power, public sector, real estate, and solid waste markets. They know what CEC's senior leadership, integrated services, and personal business relationships can make possible. Visit WeAreCEC.com for more. CEC. Big firm capabilities, small firm culture. When the Kanawha Valley needs to know, it tunes to 580 WCHS. We don't cook the books. We don't let the numbers do anything other than speak for themselves. I think I was only cussed out once today, which is a positive. If we were orange on Friday, how can we be gold on Tuesday and bring kids back on Thursday? Award-winning coverage delivered around the clock from the area's only 24-hour newsroom. The voice of Charleston is 580 WCHS. 
923, it's 580 Live with the voice of Charleston, WCHS from the Trevilian's Pharmacy Studio. Since 1950, Trevilian's Pharmacy has been serving you and your family. they got a lot of great stuff. We're talking with Mayor uh, Scott James of St. Albans about uh, small businesses. Get out there and support those small businesses, including Trevilian's, our studio sponsor. They're located at the foot of the, 30, the uh, 35th Street Bridge in Canal City. they got great food at their lunch counter. Delivery is available uh, 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 as best they can. Uh, they've got uh, uh, curbside service, all of your prescription needs, all the PPE you need to so be sure and check them out at Trevelyan's Pharmacy. 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. Of course, today uh, is the funeral of Officer Cassie Johnson. Uh, it's already a lot of the uh, folks have already started rolling into town. They started closing off streets at 6 o'clock this morning. Visitation is at 10, and the funeral services uh, begin at noon. And you can listen to those here on uh, the WCHS network uh, stations. And also uh, the live stream video will be available at WVMetroNews.com. We'll have more on that a little bit later on. I want to welcome in uh, Jason Huffman, making his first appearance on the show. Jason uh, is from the organization. Uh, he's state director, actually, for the organization Americans for Prosperity. Jason, good morning. How are you? Great, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for uh, joining us, uh, and, uh, and and a very Merry Christmas uh, early. Uh, tell us tell us about the organization, Americans for Prosperity. What's it all about, man? So Americans for Prosperity is a grassroots-driven organization, and, and what we intend to do is, through broad-based grassroots outreach, uh, pretty much drive long-term solutions to the, the state's biggest problems. And what we do is our activists engage their friends and neighbors and uh, on these key issues and, and really encourage them to, to take an active role uh, in, in building um, a better place for West Virginians to work, live, and raise a family. Uh, that, is, uh, that is the goal, and really what we've done is uh, launched a legislative agenda back in 2018 uh, that we really want to serve as a, a comprehensive roadmap for policymakers who want to take the bold action uh, that we know is necessary to take our state to the next level in terms of prosperity and opportunity. And what are some of your short-term uh, goals? And nobody knows what the legislature is going to look like this year. I was talking to somebody about that earlier this morning, and uh, even uh, even a couple of the legislators I've talked about still don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, but uh, what are the short-term uh, goals and some things that you would like to see uh, them uh, tackle this year? Uh, so for our activists across the state, our, our number one priority this session is going to be to pass uh, legislation that creates education savings accounts for every child, uh, because we know that's the policy solution that can finally give parents, uh, students, and educators the, the kind of really robust educational options and, and the flexibility that we think they deserve. Uh, you know, Dave, after some really contentious debate over the future of, of K-12 through education in the state over the last couple of years, uh, we think educational freedom was was on the ballot in the 2020 election. So let me set the stage slightly that in retaliation uh, for principled lawmakers' attempts to, to really create more educational options so families can make sure their child has the right educational experience for them, uh, organized labor and, and other special interests spent millions of dollars on, on negative election ads uh, to try to defeat folks who were champions of, of educational freedom. And uh, West Virginians just saw through that. They, they saw through the divisiveness, the sort of misleading rhetoric, and, and instead, uh, West Virginians chose to overwhelmingly support folks for office who support more educational options. And so I think the bottom line here is that voters across the state have, have made their voice loud and clear on this issue, and, and that means that lawmakers have a mandate uh, from the people to stop tinkering around the margins and, and get busy reimagining our state's approach to K-12 education. Yeah, and we're talking with Jason Huffman, who's the state director for Americans for Prosperity. And, Jason, they uh, you, you mentioned it. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, they spent a whole lot of money and really not a whole lot to show for it overall. Yeah, and I think, again, you know, it just indicates to us, I think, and, and lawmakers should, should really, I believe, again, look at this as a, as a mandate. Because um, what, what happened, Dave, was basically in 2019, uh, lawmakers attempted to enact some of the first educational freedom policies uh, that were really seen in the state. Um, and they didn't quite get there. Um, they were sort of watered down midway through that, that legislative battle, um, and I think a lot of folks uh, had the, the impression um, that, you know, we were not going to be able to see any more progress on those kind of issues. But, uh, again, I think the election has proven to us that folks who were for educational freedom won re-election, uh, and, and more importantly, folks voted against uh Lawmakers who were standing in the way of more options for for students and families. So, I think we're we're in an ideal landscape to pursue these kind of policies. And again, the most important one that lawmakers can go after is education savings accounts, because what that will do, Dave, is it will allow 
uh, parents to opt into this program uh, and essentially receive their tax dollars uh, so that they can provide a, a customized education for their child, uh, making sure that, you know, they have the right educational experience for their kid. Because we know all kids are unique. Every parent knows that. Uh, and the education system that we have right now, uh, even in an ideal world, Dave, uh, lacked flexibility. And, you know, students and families in West Virginia, uh, they, they really didn't have the kind of um, educational options that, that they needed to make sure that their kid has the, the right education for them. Instead, you know, the system that we have is, is based off of uh, the government-assigned schools and what zip code your child lives in and, and to some extent, your income level. Uh, instead, your child's unique aptitudes. And, and that problem has only been made worse by the, the total upheaval of our education system due to challenges presented by the pandemic. I mean, the, the school system was simply not prepared to do remote learning at this scale um, despite their best efforts. And, you know, we feel like right now is especially the, the right time to give the parents the flexibility that they need to, to tackle these challenges and well into the future. And, Jason, when you say educational freedom, the first thing I think that pops in a lot of people's mind is charter schools. But it's not just about that. Uh, in doing some research on your organization uh, and the things that, that, that you are proponents of, it's about more than that. You mentioned the education savings, for one, for example. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's a ton of scholarly research out there that, that informs us of what the effects of enhancing options, educational options for parents and, and students and educators will, will bring to the state. Um, I mean, there are 150 peer-reviewed scholarly studies that, that indicate to us that, you know, you will see a rising tide that lifts all ships. Um, through the enactment of, of things like education savings accounts. Everything from parental satisfaction to, to educational attainment, um, you know, public school students' test scores go up. Fiscal effects are, are more reasonable and effective. So really what we want to see is just a reimagining of how we do K-12 education in the state. And, and the first best step that lawmakers can take is by implementing this education savings account program. Let's go back to the election for a bit, Jason. Now, I know I, I know that your organization, or at least I believe, it's a nonpartisan organization, so you don't generally take sides. But, I mean, you know, the majority of, and there are some going to be some exceptions to that, but the majority of people that uh, that agree with the policies of your organization, the uh, Americans for Prosperity, are going to be at least conservative. I mean, I think it's a very, very, I think it's a pretty fair assessment. Um, so overall, as you we talked about the election results, your organization can't be very unhappy with the results overall from this past election. Well, you know, I think basically what happened, Dave, is, is voters just told the legislature, you know, hey, here's some backup. And, and you're right. We are a nonpartisan organization, and, and one of the reasons that we're one of the most influential policy advocacy groups in the state is because we are truly nonpartisan, and we will work with anybody to accomplish good. Um, having said that, we, we do take stances in, in elections. Uh, we do do express advocacy um, on both sides of the aisle, if, if a lawmaker is willing to step up and, and take the tough votes that we know we need to do to in, increase individual prosperity and, and opportunity. And so I think the, the previous iteration of the legislature, um, there's a difference between a policy majority and a partisan majority. Um, sure, they had a partisan majority, but they didn't quite have the votes to get those tough issues done that were somewhat contentious that mm -hmm. you know lawmakers have talked about doing for years. But they were just out of reach. And I think this new legislature, um, with the numbers that Republicans now have, I think that there's some wiggle room in order to get a policy majority out of that partisan majority, if that makes sense. So I think that there's a lot of room for lawmakers to, again, take on the tough votes that, that they have said that they want to go after, such as you know comprehensive tax reform like we saw on the federal level. Uh, and so I believe that this session is going to be a, a one that, that provides voters that, that sort of you know, rapid transformational uh, change that, that I think that they're seeking. And, you know, Jason, I've had people on the show since the election. I've had uh, um, uh, among them, I've had uh, folks that are coming into office, folks that were defeated for office, uh, trying to get a handle on everything. And I, and I think you nailed it uh, when you said it. Uh, um, it's not hard. You don't have to be the, the Greg Thomases of the world or, or, the, or the, the, uh, the plants of the world to figure out the, the voters spoke in West Virginia, and they said they wanted a certain thing. But with that comes responsibility. And so I think now now that you have – now now that, that the Republicans have the supermajority, the bullseye, the target, whatever cliche you want to use, is really on them right now to try to get these things done. 
Yeah, they, they definitely have to act. And as I said before, I think that um, they, they do have a mandate uh, to, to do things differently. You know, there's a lot of issues that, that the legislature has discussed over the years um, that they just couldn't, they couldn't quite get the votes for. Um, education savings accounts, uh, comprehensive tax reform, things that are contentious that require a lot of political courage and willpower. Um, you know, it's going to be on them to, to take up those, those votes. And in our communications with legislative leaders and, and other lawmakers, uh, I, I believe that they understand that. They know that they've got a mandate from the people, and I, I would anticipate them acting on those very quickly. Got a text here, if you don't mind if I read, and I told you that, uh, that, we, that we may get a couple of texts, so I'm going to read this to you, and you can answer it however you want. It says, uh, what does comprehensive tax reform look like, and how will it benefit me, someone who makes $30,000 a year? Well, I think that the, the kind of comprehensive tax reform that we have envisioned in our legislative agenda uh, is something that essentially uh, works toward eliminating the personal income tax. Uh, we believe that is one of the biggest ways that we could benefit individual people on the individual level uh, in the state of West Virginia. And, you know, really what we want to do is just put money back in the, the pockets of taxpayers so they can live out their version of the American dream the way that they see fit. And, um, you know, I believe that West Virginia has this persistent problem of a demographic winter, meaning that more people leave here or pass away here every year than move here mm-hmm. or are born here. And in order to stop that um, sort of a, a brain drain that we have of, of young folks leaving for better opportunities, we have to build a, a uh, environment that will foster opportunity. And one way to do that, uh, as, as we saw, you know, President Trump was very successful at doing this on the federal level uh, with the Federal Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. We need to do that on a micro level in the state of West Virginia, and, and we believe personal income tax elimination is the is the best way to accomplish that. And the text, uh, the organization, uh, the Americans for Prosperity. Again, we're talking to uh, Jason Huffman, who's the state director. Text uh, the organization, and you can you can agree with this or, or you can not agree with it. Supports the decriminalization of cannabis. Uh, how does your guest think that will fare under a GOP supermajority? Well, I think there's a, a ton of arguments for um, the decriminalization of, of marijuana. And frankly, um, the criminal justice reform system itself is, is frankly just kind of broken. It, it doesn't work. Um, what we have got to do is create a criminal justice system that is smart on crime and soft on taxpayers. And there's been a ton of work on this at the legislative level. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest things that they've done, um, you know, basically what they did was they, they made it so under the previous iteration – um, if you couldn't pay your court fines, for instance, mm-hmm. you would lose your driver's license. Right. Um, how are you supposed to get to work to pay your court fines off? It's <laughs> exactly you right. Drive illegally. And so what they did was they eliminated that practice because it just doesn't make any sense. It's punitive, and, and frankly, uh, you don't get your court, fi- your court fines paid uh, if you can't get to work. And so there's a ton of uh, barriers in that system that, Frankly, what we're doing is, is trapping people in a, a cycle of poverty and recidivism. Um, and what we've got to do is eliminate that, one, for the fiscal implications, um, because taxpayers are tired of footing the bill uh, for a criminal justice system that, that doesn't really, frankly, uh, you know, bring people back into being meaningful parts of society. Uh, but two, I think just we're losing out on a lot of human capital. Uh, by sticking people in that sort of situation, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. And I think that, again, there are a ton of things that we can do in the criminal justice system and that are on our agenda uh, that we can we can take steps, uh, meaningful steps toward accomplishing. And, you know, Jason, uh, before we let go, I do want to say this, that when we did these segments on the show called Meet the Candidates prior to the election, and we had everybody on from county commission to, to governors to, you know, on down the on down the list, and every one of them, said we've got to do something to keep people in West Virginia, to keep our youngest and our brightest from going to North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Columbus, or wherever it is that they're going these days. We've got to do something about that. And we had Republicans on that said that they're going to work toward it. We had Democrats on, and a few of those got elected. Uh, But, again, the tax, the educational freedom, what are some other things we can do? How do we keep it's getting beyond the rhetoric? How do we keep these people here? Because as you said, we've got people that a lot of people that uh, you know are older folks are, are dying off. We're the oldest state in the nation. What do we do with I guess with these things to keep these people here to make them want to stay in West Virginia? Well, again, David, it's really just about creating the conditions for opportunity. 
Uh, and right now what we have is a status quo in the state, unfortunately, that has a lot of barriers that stand in the way of, of individuals being able to reach their full potential. And it's multifaceted. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to require, like I said, educational reform, uh, tax reform. There are many things um, inside of the way we do health care in this state that, that do not work. Um, you know, for instance, one of the things that we want to see done is to um, Governor Justice's executive orders that expanded the scope of practice for certain medical providers. Um, we want folks to be able to practice up to their uh, training. And in some instances, that is not the case, and it increases costs and lowers access to health care for West Virginians. I mean, these are all common sense things, but again, they require a lot of political willpower. Um, they're going to require a lot of focus on the part of, of legislators and, and, frankly, the public. One of the big things that we are working to do is to get people back involved in the policy process. And we want to be a platform for individuals uh, to be able to come together and make sure that their voices are heard in Charleston. And we've been very successful at doing that, uh, creating these various movements around these issues in order to, to highlight um, the policy solutions that we need and to pretty much rapidly, uh, in rapid order, get those policies on the books so that they can help people. Jason Huffman, State Director for Americans for Prosperity. How can people uh, find out more about your organization? Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and you can also visit americansforprosperity.org. And our, uh, our legislative pathway is at wvpathway.com. All right, Jason, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. We'll have you on the show again soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, uh, 20 minutes away from 10. rest of the show is yours, 304-345-5858, text 304-935-5008. 580-Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group on the voice of Charleston, WCHS. Stronger together. Thornhill Auto Group has been community strong for 22-plus years. As we grow, we continue to put our customers and our communities first, providing you the best in automotive services, offering new Buick, Chevy, GMC, Ford, Lincoln, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and more to come. All available to you at thornhillautomotive.com. Traveling east, traveling west, Thornhill will serve you best. Shop Thornhill Auto Group today, US 119 in Chapmanville and Logan WB and Belfry, Kentucky. The road to total savings starts with Thornhill. Thank you and God bless America. Be safe and still take care of your financial needs with Poco Valley Bank. Our online services are available 24-7 and we have drive through locations in Clendenin, Elkview, Poco, Sissonville, Spencer, Walton, and Winfield. In addition, our relationship managers are available by phone at 844-782-2651 if you are seeking financial solutions. Experience banking at its finest with Poco Valley Bank, where relationships matter. Member FDIC. Experience a trip down memory lane at Trevelyan's Pharmacy and Old Fashioned Soda Fountain located in Canal City at the foot of the 35th Street Bridge. Trevelyan's, a Charleston staple since 1950, is open for lunch with a selection of ice cream and snacks to choose from and delivery and curbside pickup options available for your safety. Options also available in the Canal Valley to have your prescriptions delivered to you. And you'll never lose track of which medicines to take and when with Trevelyan's monthly compliance pack program. Trevelyan's, located at the foot of the 35th Street Bridge in Canal City. When the market is rising, it's easy to forget the risks in your portfolio. If you're nearing retirement, an unexpected downturn can drastically change your financial future. I'm John Burdett with 4th Avenue Financial. Give me a call at 304-746-7977 to schedule a free consultation. We can talk about your future and make sure your investment risks are aligned with your goals. Learn more at 4thAvenueFinancial.com. Securities offered through JW Coal Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through JW Coal Advisors Incorporated, JW Coal Financial, JW Coal Advisors, and 4th Avenue Financial are unaffiliated entities. Every week, we bring you deals to save tons of cash on gift certificates to local businesses you love with 5050 Friday. We have leftover gift certificates from previous 5050 Friday participants, and we're selling them at blowout prices. Get prepared for those New Year's resolutions with one-month memberships to iFit24, Charleston's premier fitness club, a $50 value for just $12.50. We also have certificates to a variety of delicious food options right here in the Valley. Enjoy a relaxing brunch at Door Corner Cafe, beautiful views at Eagle's Nest Restaurant, or dinner for the family from Fat Albert's Pizza. 
and make sure you never miss a deal. 50-50s are available in limited quantities and go fast. So head online to WCHSnetwork.com, click the 50-50 Friday button, and enter your email address to sign up to receive notifications when deals are live. Enjoy the leftover gift certificates for these businesses and more at 50 to 75% off and be ready for more great deals soon. Courtesy of WKZ AM, Charleston's ESPN, and 580 WCHS. 17 minutes away from 10, it's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group on the voice of Charleston, WCHS. The road to total saving starts with Thornhill Auto. Buick, Chevy, GMC, Ford, Lincoln, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and just added Toyota. Be sure and check out the Toyota dealership located in Chapmanville, West Virginia. Visit them online at thornhillautomotive.com. rest of the show is yours at 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. You can, by the way, check me out on uh, Facebook. It's Dave Allen Entertainer on Twitter at DaveA70. The A-Train Anthony Harmon serving as our producer today. Uh, some text to get to. A text, uh, Mr. Huffman is correct regarding education. Many parents will not speak publicly about their frustration with public education in West Virginia for fear of retaliation by the union bosses and their minions, as well as teachers. So we speak in the privacy of our ballot box. An educational revolution is desperately needed in our state, according to a texter. Uh, text uh, regarding my previous text, uh, Mr. Huffman didn't answer the question. And uh, that was uh, a text that we got that said that the organization supported the decriminalization of cannabis. And how do they feel about it? Texter doesn't feel he adequately answered the question. Uh, text, uh, my friend Jason Huffman and I agree on university free speech, but still couldn't disagree more on legalizing pot. Colorado's results are devastating, according to a texter. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on 580 Live. Go ahead. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, sorry. Hey, just want to say thoughts and prayers to Cassie, her mm-hmm. family, and uh, just uh, proud of the community and proud of the police and uh, show my support whenever I can. All right, sir. I, th- I thank you. Echo uh, the statements uh, of a lot of us, uh, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll see you at Fiddler's Green. All right, thanks, you. It's uh, nine forty-five, fifteen away from ten. Yeah, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, a little bit about the funeral of, uh, of Cassie Johnson coming up here uh, momentarily. Uh, text: I believe that's the most rational and sensible guest from a lobby organization you've had on the show, according to a texter. So, uh, a fan of Americans for Prosperity is that texter. Uh, Officer uh, Cassie Johnson's funeral today at the Charleston Coliseum Convention Center. Now, the services uh, are now open to the public, and that's at the request of the family. Um, you know, we had Mayor Goodwin on the show yesterday, and uh, ever since, well, we've had her on several times since uh, since the death. Um, and, uh, and and she and, and uh, Police Chief Ty Hunt uh, talked about uh, that the the funeral was going to be uh, private. Um, but the family at some point yesterday just said, you know what, uh, we want to open this up. So uh, it is open to the public. Uh, doors, I believe, and visitation, uh, doors will open, visitation starts at 10. The funeral itself is at uh, noon. Uh, masks will be required. Temperature checks also required to enter. There's also going to be efforts inside to help keep people socially distanced as much as possible. There's hand sanitation um, stations that will be in place. Now, literally, as I said at the top of the show, folks, first responders from around the state are expected uh, to attend um, the event today. Uh, street closures started at 6 this morning. Uh, street closures include Coyer, Treslow, Clendenin Street uh, at Virginia Street East, northbound Clendenin Street between Coyer and Lee, and the two far, uh, far right lanes of Lee between the bridge and Clendenin Street. The funeral procession is going to travel uh, from uh, the convention center and turn west onto Courier Street and then north to Pennsylvania Avenue um, where it'll enter, enter, uh, it'll enter the interstate near CAMC Women's and Children's. Uh, the street is set to uh, reopen at around 5 o'clock today. Uh, and as I mentioned, um, as I was coming into town this morning, which was uh, somewhere around 7.15, 7.30, um, already as I looked over um, uh, at, the, uh, uh, at the Civic Center, um, for many of us, it'll you know sadly always be known as the Civic Center, but you know the big building downtown. Um, and there was already people starting to line up, and that was at seven fifteen or seven thirty. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people here uh, for this, folks. Now, if you don't want to go to the service um, and 
completely understandable. You're working or whatever, and you can't get away or just don't feel safe in going or whatever. Uh, the services uh, can be heard here on WCHS, and our network of stations also streamed. The video stream would be available at WVMetroNews.com. So, again, uh, we've spent a lot of time in the last week talking about uh, Cassie Johnson and uh, everything that she uh, meant um, to the people of Charleston, and based on the phone calls we've had, uh, people brought to tears. I'm not talking about the political folks like the mayor, and I'm talking about just our, you know, our average folks. I mean, it's just been absolutely uh, unbelievable. I mean, it it, uh, it really has. Uh, text, uh, maybe Cassie Johnson's excellent example of one for all and all for one can become the inspiration to all of us to begin the task of healing this divide that's growing uh, wider in America. We must remember we are all Americans first, and what. And that is what has made uh, made and kept us the beacon of liberty and justice for all the entire world. This is why we have fought many wars across the entire planet Earth as an example to give all people hope and a chance to be free. Could not have said it better myself to that texter. Uh, let's go back to, uh, let's see, a text. Uh, smoking pot makes you lazy and often stupid, according to a texter. 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. Chuck Yeager has uh, died at the age of 97 in California. Of course, uh, Lincoln County native, he was the first person to break the sound barrier. Um, and when you talk about famous West Virginians, I really can't think of anyone that did more for the state of West Virginia than Chuck Yeager. I mean, you know, every state they say, well, who are the famous? If, you, if, you do, if you're a Wikipedia freak like I am and you're always looking up things about states because, well, I'm a geek and that's how I, I roll, uh, but always looking up things, whatever, it'll say notable people. And, you know, invariably Chuck Yeager's name is always listed um, in West Virginia. And I'll tell you a quick story about um, about a year or so ago, I was uh, part of a delegation that was um, entertaining some um, from students from Harvard University that were in West Virginia, and we were all over the state um, for economic development and going into different places, and we happened to come into Lincoln County. One of the gentlemen, uh, and again, we're talking about Harvard students. Um, these are Harvard graduate students, so let's say mid-20s in that general vicinity, 20 to 30 years old is probably the, the age group. Uh, one of the students that was with us, uh, again, a student at Harvard University, once we looked at the itinerary and we saw we were going to be doing some economic development things in Lincoln County, this gentleman said, we're going to the birthplace of Chuck Yeager. And this is, you know, a, a, a young man who was not from West Virginia, probably shouldn't have known that, but did. And we had to make sure when we went into Hamlin that we went a little out of our way so he could have his picture taken with the Chuck Yeager statue, which is in downtown Hamlin, which is uh, uh, the uh, – uh, which is the county seat. Uh, absolutely uh, a fantastic West Virginia. Um, and I was listening to Chris talking this morning, uh, probably on a local base. Of course, everybody knows he broke the sound barrier. Um, probably best known locally for a flying under the Southside Bridge in 1948. And there's a great story about the life of Chuck Yeager on our website, wvmetronews.com. So I urge you to check that out. Uh, but if you hear the audio that uh, that Chuck Yeager was talking about in an interview that he did back in 2004 with Chris Lawrence. I'll have more on that in a moment. He he actually said, well, it's really not that big of a deal because when you're in the war, you fly under all kinds of things. <laughs> I thought that was just awesome. Now, that interview that Chuck Yeager did with Chris was on two th- was in uh, recorded in 2004. And uh, Chris is actually, he played bits and pieces of it on the morning news um, this morning. He's actually going to play the entire interview um, coming up this uh, Saturday morning at 7 on, on West Virginia Outdoors, which is Chris's show that airs statewide. So if you get an opportunity, uh, there'll be opportunity, you know, you can listen to it later via podcast or whatever, but, uh, but go and listen to it. Uh, because I heard the clips this morning, and I absolutely, you know, was laughing at that interview interview or that uh, that little piece that Chuck Yeager said when he talked about flying under the Southside Bridge and hey if you've been in war it's really not that big a deal to fly under things like that but uh, uh, he certainly will be missed he's died uh, according to a tweet from his wife um, no cause of death given a 97 years old in California uh, text uh, Chuck Yeager lived a long time being a daredevil 97 years old uh, indeed uh, text uh, um, now we have no famous Lincoln Countyans R.I.P. Chuck We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. I don't know about that. There may be a few famous Lincoln Countyans around. We'll be back right after this on 580 Live at the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. 
Stronger together. Thornhill Auto Group has been community strong for 22 plus years. As we grow, we continue to put our customers and our communities first, providing you the best in automotive services. Offering new Buick, Chevy, GMC, Ford, Lincoln, Mitsubishi, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and more to come. All available to you at thornhillautomotive.com. Traveling east, traveling west, Thornhill will serve you best. Shop Thornhill Auto Group today, US 119 in Chapmanville and Logan WB and Belfry, Kentucky. The road to total savings starts with Thornhill. Thank you and God bless America. Help change the life of a West Virginia family. Donate your used car, truck, van, or fleet vehicles to Good News Mountaineer Garage for a low-income family that needs transportation to work or school. You'll get the maximum federal tax deduction allowed by law. And Good News Mountaineer Garage makes it easy to donate. They do the paperwork and will even pick up donated vehicles statewide. Call 866-GIVE-CAR or go online to goodnewsmountaineergarage.com. Seven minutes away from 10, 953, 580 Live in the voice of Charleston, WCHS, 304-345-5858, text 304-935-5008. The state's first night's uh, Christmas celebration will be a virtual event tonight, including the lighting of the state Christmas tree. It's available on uh, TV and the West Virginia channel, also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and other social media sites starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, the Democrats, going back to the legislature for a moment, i got a couple texts I need to get to. The Democrats um, have chosen uh, Delegate Doug Scaff of Kanawha County to be the House Minority Leader. He'll take over for Tim Miley, who uh, did not run for re-election. Uh, so the leaders are set for whatever the legislative session is going to look like. Craig Blair uh, will be the Senate President. Roger Hanshaw will continue as the uh, House Speaker. Stephen Baldwin, as announced earlier over the weekend, leads the Senate for the Democrats. Doug Scaff, again, uh, leads the uh, Democratic um, House members. A um, little COVID information. Uh, COVID cases, of course, uh, continue uh, to grow. Uh, they say in West Virginia it is starting to put a drain now on the health care system. And it's not necessarily COVID cases. Well, it is COVID cases, but it's people are in the hospital for other things, too. And, you know, the governor had announced the scaling back uh, several elective surgeries. Um, but there are other things that people are in the hospital for. You know, it is wintertime. This is the – we are getting into the peak of the flu season, and there are other things not related to COVID. And that's where you start to run into problems. Uh, probably the most prominent uh, person in West Virginia to have COVID right now is our Attorney General, Patrick Morrissey. He, uh, in a release yesterday, uh, announced that he has COVID and phenoma, uh, phenoma, <laughs> pneumonia. I just made up a ailment there, a phenoma. He has pneumonia. Uh, he is uh, quarantining at home, seems to be doing well. He's receiving uh, breathing and medical treatments. said yesterday he's feeling much better. Now, yesterday during the press briefing, the governor says uh, he does not foresee any more additional shutdowns, particularly as it comes to indoor dining. And I'm going to say this. Um, I and, and many of my guests have been critical of the governor at times, but I applaud him for this. I mean, our small restaurants right now are really suffering. And remember, folks, you don't have to dine in if you don't feel comfortable with doing that. You can still get your, your food items to go. Um, there are a bunch of options in, this, in our listing area. As a matter of fact, I saw a picture that was circulating on social media uh, yesterday of several restaurant workers and owners gathering together, socially distanced, of course, in Charleston, uh, basically pleading for people to to come and visit them. And, again, get your items to go curbside if you want. Many of them will deliver it to your car. So if you're listening to us at work right now and you're, and you're planning, hmm, do I want to go to McDonald's? I want to go to Taco Bell or Wendy's or Subway. They're all great. Trust me, I eat at all of them a lot. <laughs> but let's head up those local places. Let's let's go to the Big Joes. Let's go to Dim Two Brothers and a Grill, uh, East End Pub, uh, Adelphia, Trevilian's Pharmacy, our studio sponsor. So many in not only in Charleston but in Putnam County and, and Clay County, Roan County, Cabell, and wherever Boone and wherever else people are listening to us. Get to those local places because they – they definitely need you. Uh, 54 of West Virginia's 55 counties on one map are red when measuring COVID-19 infection. As of yesterday, 42 uh, West Virginians uh, ha- have died since Friday. Since Friday, uh, announced by the governor yesterday, 42 West Virginians have died. 841 people overall have died since the pandemic began in West Virginia. The past seven days, 
15,813 people have died in the United States. Now think about that uh, for a moment. Um, 15,813 people have died in the U.S. in the last seven days alone. Uh, it is pretty sobering. Uh, one final thought before I get to some text here. Yesterday, with everything going on with um, with uh, Officer Johnson, had the mayor on yesterday, I did not mention that yesterday was um, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Uh, December 7th, the day that will live in infamy. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, and I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, when I was a kid, there were uh, plenty of World War II veterans around because I grew up in the 70s, okay? There were plenty of World War II veterans, even some World War One veterans. Well, they're starting to disappear. We mentioned Chuck Yeager dying at the age of 97. Uh, he was one World War II veteran. Um, so... Uh, just a hats off to the greatest generation because they truly were. My grandfather served in World War II, and he didn't. He for certain things he wouldn't talk about, certain things that he would. Um, uh, but uh, he, he he was not at Pearl Harbor, but he he liked to talk a lot about it and uh, and about how that was the the day that would live in, in infamy, which launched us, of course, into World War II. So I, I didn't want to. Uh, um, didn't want to forget that. Uh, text uh, to those against cannabis legalization. What gives you or the government any authority over what I put into my body? Personal consumption is a human right. If you want to regulate what we consume for health purposes, let's start regulating fast food and Mountain Dew consumption. I'm tired of high health care costs because people don't care about what they put in their bodies. Um, see if I can get to a couple of texts uh, here. What about the attorney general? Uh uh, yeah, so that's where we are right now. Hey, uh, we're out of time. Uh, just about we're coming up on the break here. Uh, again, the services of, uh, of, of Officer Johnson, Officer Cassie Johnson will uh, be uh, uh, available via the stream at WVMetroNews.com for the video, the audio available on the WCHS Network family of stations. For the final time, we'll just say hats off to you. Officer Johnson. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, in, one of our incoming delegates, uh, Dana Farrell, is going to join us. He is a Republican from District 39. What does the legislative session look like for him? We'll talk to him coming up on the show tomorrow. Hoppy of the news coming up. My thanks to the A-Train, Anthony Hartman. Thanks to Jason Huffman and Mayor Scott James of St. Albans. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, have fun and love somebody. WCHSAM 96.5 FM Charleston and 104.5 Cross Lanes, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station. It's 10 o'clock. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. The leader of Operation Warp Speed, Dr. Monsef Slawi, is responding to a new report confirmed by ABC News that the Trump administration turned down an offer to negotiate for more of the Pfizer vaccine early in the summer. In the summer, if somebody came to us and said, let's buy more of this vaccine or that vaccine, no one reasonably would buy more from any one of those vaccines because we didn't know which one would work and which one may be With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.